Sports Stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sports Dance. I am your host, Greg, and I am still, still trying to get over Game 7 of the World Series. That is right. No two words are better in all of sports than Game 7. And for a long time in that game, it looked like it was going to live up to the hype of what Game 7s are supposed to be, where it's domination, close game, Don't know what's going to happen. You know, one swing of the bat's going to change everything. And it wasn't one swing of the bat. It was really just one move by a manager. But we'll get to that in a second. All I got to say is, calm the road warriors. Calm the comeback kids. Call them really whatever you want. You can only call them one thing now. And that is World Series champions, the Washington Nationals. That is right. In seven games of the World Series, the home team could not once, once win a game. Road teams ruled the World Series. First time ever a road team has won four games in a postseason series in MLB history. Shocking? Yeah. Home field's supposed to mean something. Astros definitely thought they had an advantage getting four games at home. If you told me, leaving Washington, D.C., up 3-2, Astros had to win one game at home with Verlander and Greinke on the mound, you would assume they had pretty good chances of taking one of those. Wrong. The Verlander start, yeah, he again didn't do great. But the Greinke one on Wednesday night, I mean, he was phenomenal. He had a one-hitter going into the seventh inning. What happened? A.J. Hinch happened. That is what happened to the Astros and the World Series hopes. Now, again, all congrats goes to the Washington Nationals. They deserved every single part of this World Series champion. Let's just put this in perspective real quick. They had to play a wild card game against a Brewers team who was red hot. They took care of business. They came back against one of the best closers in the game. The National League reliever of the year in Hayter. Then they had to go up against the number one team in all of baseball, the Dodgers. Took care of them. Came back against them. Then we all know what happened with the Cardinals. Cardinals were easy. Finally, though, they not only had to take down Goliath of the National League, they had to take down Goliath of the American League in the Houston Astros. And what happened? They took all four games from the Astros in their home park. I mean, just phenomenal. And even crazier is to go back to, you look at, I mean, just all the different games had their different moments. But game six had the Trey Turner replay, Martinez, the manager of the Nationals, going nuts on the umpire. Didn't affect that game at all. I still I still don't understand quite why. I get Martinez was mad. I mean, it was a terrible call. By now, it's been dissected a hundred different ways, a thousand different ways. By the rules of the book, the umps made the correct call. We get it. 
But come on. That's not a call you make on a regular basis. But we get it. The base paths are the base paths. They're supposed to be on certain parts. Interference is interference. No matter what the throw. You reward a guy for making a bad throw, though. It didn't cost the Nationals the game. That's the best thing about it. They even got extra runs in that inning. So the fact that Martinez came out in the half inning and exploded, I don't really see the point. I get he's trying to rile up the team, make sure the guys stay motivated, show how passionate he is. But still, it was unnecessary, especially for a manager like him who does have health issues. Players were concerned. But then you go to game seven. Scherzer is back from his spasms. Grinky and can he live up to the whole third ace getting traded to the Astros? Three-headed monster. Cole did his job. Verlander did not do his. Could Grinky do it again and win another game or pitch well enough for another World Series game? The answer was yes. I mean, honestly, Astros should have won their manager. The manager deserves all the blame. Nobody else. Offense, I get it. You left a lot of guys on. They had a 2-0 lead go into the 7th. They lost 6-2. How'd that happen? You took Zach Reinke out. So here's the deal. Garrett Cole was available to pitch. But apparently, they did not want him to start go into an inning that had already started. They wanted him to start an inning fresh. I get it. He's a starting pitcher. He's not used to coming in relief. Well, guess what? You had Zach Reinke pitching in one hitter through six innings of a World Series Game 7. He gives up a solo home run to cut that to 2-1. to one. Then, you know, he gets out one of the hottest hitters and walks a guy. So he has one guy on, one out, and you take him out of the game? Now, I get you're trying to do what's best, what you think is best, but think about this. Scherzer came out because he got through five innings and had over 100 pitches. Granke was at 80 pitches. 80 pitches. And he was pitching phenomenal. You have nobody in that bullpen that's not named Garrett Cole better than what you have on the mound. And you take him out? You take him out of the biggest game of the year that you're winning. And you take him out. Was this the dumbest and worst managed game in Game 7 history? Well, you know, me being me, I took to the kind people of Twitter and figured I'd ask them. My Twitter poll was slightly skewed. My options were, is this the worst managing job in Game 7 history of a World Series? Yes. Yup. Yeah. And no doubt. Well, yup and no doubt won in a landslide. So, yeah, everybody agrees. Terrible managing job. But again, let's not take away what the Nationals did. Like I said, they took down Goliath in the National League and the American League. They had Scherzer and Strasburg pitch phenomenal. Strasburg looked like a true number one guy, the guy that they drafted. Rendon, amazing. Juan Soto, amazing. Howie Kendrick. Before this World Series, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really know Howie Kendrick was still playing. Had no clue until this postseason. He is, and he's playing well. Or at least he did in this postseason, so good for him. Trey Turner got free tacos. Like I said, love the guy. 
Their bullpen, Patrick Corbin, came in relief. Pitch phenomenal. They used three pitchers. I think the Astros used about 17, none of which could get an out after Granke. They used so many relief pitchers, and they had Garrett Cole in the bullpen the entire time. I get you don't come out in relief ever, but guess what, Garrett? It's game seven of the World Series. I don't know if you heard. I don't know if your manager heard. If he didn't, you should have told him and said, hey, whether or not it's the middle of an inning, if we are ahead and you need me in a tight situation, let me know. Because guess what? At this point, it doesn't matter. I know there's injury risk and all that, but he knows how to properly warm up. You let him know, hey, going into the seventh, keep keep loose, keep warm in case we need you. And instead, they just went with other relief pitchers who weren't nearly as good, and it showed, and it happened, and, well, Nationals are your World Series champions. Again, seriously, though. So much credit to these guys. They battled throughout the whole playoffs. To put in perspective of just how crazy the Nationals' playoff run was, they trailed in five elimination games throughout this playoffs. Guess what? They won all five elimination games. Like, that's truly mind-boggling to think that five games, every single one of them, you don't score, you go home, and they found a way to battle back in every single one of them. It's just crazy to think, game five of the World Series, your ace pitcher can't pitch, he can't move. His wife has to physically put clothes on him. Can't do it. Doesn't know what to do. Is able to pitch game seven. The fact you got to game seven for him to have that opportunity. Incredible. Just so many different things. So much resilience for this team. They deserve all of it. I mean, seriously. Congrats to them. Last thing to talk about with this World Series. Because next week we'll probably start talking free agency. Because some guys get some opt-out options, including one major guy on the Nationals in Steven Strasburg. You have Rendon with his contract. Last thing to talk about, though, is World Series MVP. I mean, you can't talk World Series. You can't talk Game 7. You can't talk clinching game without the World Series MVP, who I literally just mentioned seconds ago. Go back to the tape. Check it out. It's not Rendon. No, it's Steven Strasburg. That is right. Strasburg is your MVP, and deservedly so. He was 2-0 in this World Series. He pitched Game 6, which they need it, and he pitched phenomenally. Don't forget, he went 8 and a third innings. Most people thought he was going to be the one closing the game out tonight. He had a 2.51 ERA, 14 Ks, and only 3 walks. Now, I get it. You could look at all the offensive guys who were part of the big innings, but guess what? The Nationals made this run on their pitching, so it's rightfully, deservedly so that one of their two ace pitchers walks away with the MVP award and a pretty nice-looking car. I mean, I think the cars keep getting nicer and nicer every year. I don't know if it's a Corvette. I couldn't remember, but it's not a truck. I remember it used to be a truck all the time. And honestly, who cares if it's a truck? Got, these guys can afford like 50 trucks compared to the nice cars that they give out. But it was Strasburg, your MVP. Not that shocking. 
One thing he didn't do, give up the long ball. We all know how there was a ton hit this year. Not as many in the playoffs. Good amount, though. But we all know the whole conspiracy behind it, and it leads us into Paul's pylon. But before we get into that, just want to say one more time, congrats to the Nationals. I mean, it's another thing to say, except you guys were the underdogs. You were the hungry dogs. You won the fight. Congratulations, World Series champs. Coming up, though, Paul's Pylon. And again, that is going to be presented to us by Best Buds CBD. Again, for you and your dog, if you're feeling stressed out, if you know you just need a break from life and you need to ease some pressure, ease your surroundings, check out Best Buds CBD. And when you do, make sure you go to www.bestbudscbd.com slash hashtag 12 ounce sports. Again, that is www.bestbudcbd.com slash hashtag 12 ounce sports for all your CBD treat needs. They got gummies, they got dog treats, they got everything you need. So remember, take the edge off life, check out Best Bud, and now it's time for me and my best bud, Paul with Paul's Pylon. Here we go. That is right. It is another week of Paul's Pylon. And with me, like always, he is still wearing his birthday suit because he wore it for Halloween and because it was his birthday. It's Paul. Paul, how are you feeling after Game 7 of the World Series on Wednesday night? You know, Greg, I never like being wrong, but I have to admit it. And I don't like being wrong, and I'm not used to being wrong. But what can I say? The Nationals pulled it up. They did. I mean, for a place you said didn't even exist, they're they're now champions. Well, you know, they exist, but it is Washington, D.C. <laughs> Still holding on to that. Well, Washington, D.C. are champions. There you go. Good luck to them. Congratulations. But, Paul, that's not why we're here tonight. We're here to talk, not even tonight, today. We're not here to talk about past nights, past championship games, that's all done. That's in the past. Baseball season is over. But we're going to get into something that you love. And it's conspiracy theories. Enough of the creepy music. We're done with it. We don't need it anymore. You get the point. Conspiracy theories are weird. They're creepy. They can be anything. Bigfoot, Smallfoot, Loch Ness, baseballs. What do you got for Absolutely. us? Absolutely. We got juiced baseballs. It's rearing its ugly head once again. Oh, yeah. A lot of facts either way, but I, you know I love a good conspiracy theory. So, well, after the base- moon stuff last week, I kind of had an inkling we might be getting some in the future. Well, they never hit a baseball on the moon, right? Because it didn't land on the moon. <laughs> well, they never hit a golf ball either. Yeah, I know. I know. You're going to use this every time you do a conspiracy. You're just going to name that sports ball. Well, and you know, they I'm never going to tennis ball. Tennis. Touche. You know me so well. I do. Never, never hit a tennis ball. Never hit a bowling ball. Did we do cricket? Yeah, we did cricket, uh, baseball. Have we named all the sports yet? Well, I think we tennis. Many... <laughs> tennis. <laughs> I think there are as many juice baseballs as there are oranges for Anita Bryant because 
A day without orange juice is like a day without sunshine. You'll have to look that up, Greg. It's a little older, say, older than you. Anita who? I, I, need I, I, need, I need a better reference. That's who. Yeah. Um, she might not even be on Google. She's a lot older than I was. You would say she might not even be alive. And I would be like, oh, I'm sure she's not. Yeah, well, seeing how last week you made an Ella Fitzgerald reference, which I thought was an Elton John reference, clearly yeah. these ones just go over my head, and probably most of the listeners. It, it's this it's this crazy mind. Live in yeah. my head for an hour, you'll be exhausted. Mention some, like, craft beers and Fortnite, and you hit our target demographic. All right. I will take, take note. a note. <laughs> By the way, Fortnite is a video game, and craft beers are beers that are crafty and made with special things. Ooh, sounds delicious. <laughs> you know I can't drink them. Yeah, I know. Well, you can I'll drink the... I'll be the designated driver. Yeah, you can drink the plain gluten-free ones. <laughs> there you go. All right, so juiced baseballs. Started late 80s, mid-2000s, and everybody questioned it, and they chalked it up to steroid use. What a way yep. to defend yourself, right? Oh, it's not the baseballs. The players are taking steroids. I mean, at the time, they weren't wrong, but they were also not right. Absolutely. All right, let's fast forward. 2015, the league has 5,693 home runs. Everybody loves the long ball, Paul. They do, and that's the whole theory. The theory is they'll watch, get more fans if we hit more home runs. By the 2000, way, yeah, go should ahead. that be your new nickname, Long Ball Paul, because you're a year older? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, did I? Did I didn't I, know where you were going with that. I didn't. Yeah, I know you didn't. And you turned a little red there. It's a, it's it's adorable. <laughs> oh, you are funny. As I stutter over, I over my own words. But I do have pretty good feelings. Well, if I had feelings, they might be hurt. Oh, okay, so yeah. Anyway, juice baseballs, long juice balls, baseballs. Everybody loves them. So 2015, 5693 home runs. Two years. Uh, past 6,105 home runs in 2017. And then in 2019. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. They were flying out of the ballparks. 6770. Now, you can say they built Yankee Stadium as a home run park, which they did. Yeah. Everybody's Shortest tested. So, so we've eliminated the steroids. There, um, so Rawlings has been making baseballs for decades they've yeah. been in business for 100 years 104 years making baseballs for decades so private equity firm seedler partners partners with major league baseball and for 395 million dollars buys rawlings and now they make their own baseballs so nobody has any type of oversight on what's going on but aren't all baseballs made the same they you would think. Do they have cork or do they have rubber centers? I believe it's cork. It is cork. Okay. But they do make them that have rubber. Way to, way to test my knowledge there. So, and I thought they were cork, but there are baseballs made with rubber cores. So then we talk about the increased home runs. Baseball has now bought the company that makes their baseballs. And then you have a pitcher like Justin Verlander who comes out and calls it an effing joke because there's no way they're not juiced because he can drop a ball in the locker room and it bounces a foot higher than it did a year before. And every pitcher in MLB 
maybe not on record, will tell you that the seams are lower to the side of the ball. So oh, yeah. absolutely changing the ball. And if they are, why wouldn't you just come out and say it? Well, because you can't. You can't let people know you're purposely trying to enhance your game through a physical object instead of allowing players to inject themselves well, with drugs and things. That's true. Drugs and things are not good. Plus, if you do that, you know how many not pitchers? Not, yeah, drugs aren't good. Don't do drugs, kids, unless they're prescribed. Very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. But do you know how bad it would be for Major League Baseball if they came out and said, yes, we changed the baseballs. They're going to be, if you make a contact with them, they're going to be flying farther, this and that. Pitchers would have a fit. Pitchers already get mad about everything. Pitchers are the finicky people of the Major League Baseball scheme. When it's hierarchies okay. of players, pitchers are the drama queens because things have to be perfect for them. Their fingernails have to be nice and done the way they need them to, to grip the baseball, to get the spin on it. They can't have a hangnail. If they do, they can't pitch for a month. Like, they can't field. You can't ask them to field or hit or run or slide. You can't do any of that. So to tell them that, hey, the baseballs we're giving you, are going to allow that guy at home plate to have a better chance of hitting a home run, you're going to piss off a lot of guys. I do agree. I I hope so. But if I paid you $56 million, what would you do? I mean, I'd still play, but I would would throw a fit every time a guy bombed one off me. So clearly it changes the record books, right? Yeah. This is like wearing gloves, catching a football. Yeah, this is like the whole... Um, well, no, it's not even launch angle, but I mean, different approaches to the game, the game. Now the launch angle is the thing to do where they're telling kids don't swing. Like you've been told like an ax all your life swing now with an uppercut, which you were told never to do. Cause it increases your fly ball chance. But when the balls are juiced, like they supposedly are quote unquote, they're going to go out of the park anyway. So who cares if you swing up, especially if you move right field in 20 feet. Yeah. Especially if you're, <laughs> Judge or Stan, who basically all they do is strike out or make contact for the ball to fly out of the park. That's it. They're standing there to kill that ball, hit a home run, and that's all they care about. And that yeah. that kid is enormous. And he looks like he's holding a toothpick or a wiffle bat when yeah, he, he swings. He can't be it. the short, short Altuve. I I I do believe that that bat's probably taller than I am. <laughs> and he makes it look <laughs> he makes it look easy. Yeah. Listen, if I'm not standing, I'm not standing next to that plate and have somebody throw something that could knock me down and probably kill me 100 miles an hour in my direction. So there's a skill. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, it's 100 percent a skill. That's how they get to that level. But then once you get to that level, if you have a little help by the design of the baseball, eh, I mean, you're not going to complain if you're the hitter. The hitters never complain when they rack up those points. No. There are a lot of home runs. Hey, I I love watching. (laughs) You mean runs? Runs, points, runs. Okay, all right. Come on. Thanks for calling it out. I got to call you out on that one. Points. (laughs) Is this the game where they score the points? Did they get a field goal or a touchdown? It went over the fence. What's that mean? Is that out of bounds? By the way, also more ground rule doubles. Just saying. Yeah. So double-digit home runs prior to this year. Um, dub- players with double-digit home runs prior to this year was 242, this year 273. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge uptick. I would be more curious, do you have stats for guys that hit 20-plus home runs type thing? 
Thanks for asking, Greg. You're welcome. How about 15 plus home runs? Was 165, now 187. Okay. Pretty 20 good. plus? 117 up to 129. Yeah. Okay. And 30 plus home runs, 47 up to 58. See, that's that's the telling one because 20 plus, you could you could have a number go up by five or six here and there. That makes sense. It's that 30 plus that when you see that jump, it's like I remember steroid era. It was with the Sosas and Maguires. You had guys hitting Jay Buhner and all these getting that. Was it Jay Buhner? I forget. It might have been. I can't think of who it was if it wasn't him off the top of my head. All these guys that were hitting 40, 50 plus home runs and people were like, this isn't normal. Either they're doing something or something else is suspicious here. They were doing stuff, but still the baseballs weren't probably helping. And you're right, because 20 home runs plus 21 is in that field. So it's but it does take a lot more to get to 30. So home runs allowed by a team. Now, this is all about the pitching, right? Yeah. It also could be about baseballs. Yeah. A little bit. Prior to this year, the Cincinnati Reds, 2016, 258 home runs they allowed. This year, (laughs) it was a ridiculous amount, was the quote from the article. 305. That's a lot of home runs. By who, the Reds? No, Orioles allowed 305. I was going to say. Same team. That's interesting. Um, yeah, well, that I will say may not have been as much as the juice baseballs as the terrible Baltimore Orioles pitching. <laughs> that might not I, have I, had anything to do with juice baseballs. You know, it's not too long ago when you sit on the edge of your seat watching an Orioles Red Sox game, and you know they're playing for first place or the playoff spot, and now you're looking at it thinking, what the heck happened? <laughs> they yeah. fell apart. Yeah, I don't know. All right, couple of fun facts. All right. How many stitches are there in a Major League Baseball? 273. 108. <laughs> no, no. That's a fun fact. Are you having fun? I was, I was are you having fun yet? I was. I was thinking of how many bones are in a human body, and somehow I know I'm not even close on the number I threw out there. But I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm going to check that fact. 273 bones and we'll no, talk about that next week. No, it's not 273 I just, no, it's in, isn't it like 200 and something? 208 maybe? I have no maybe? idea. I know. I, I, I have no scientists. idea. We're conspiracy theorists. How many inches of red thread are there in a Major League Baseball? Ooh, that actually, oof, 12 feet. 12 feet. 88 inches. But I'm that's so not just, too far off. You were within a third. You know why the thread is red? For no, I don't. So it's just really waxed thread. And the reason it's red is because the agreement between the National and the American League on what color it should be for the batters to see the the ball better. It was a simple scientific decision. Took two I minutes. I guess red makes the most sense. It stands out. Unless you're me. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Unless you're colorblind. Could be brown. Could be blue. Um, what is that gray ball doing coming towards me? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, again, here I am standing at home plate, and somebody's throwing a ball at me 100 miles an hour. Not that I'm chicken, but I'm – no thanks. <laughs> I'd have a helmet. I'd look like what, what dark helmet in space balls. It would cover my whole body down to my waist. <laughs> I threw in a Halloween reference. Yeah, good job. Dark helmet. So back to the conspiracy. My, my two closing thoughts. Okay. The Japanese League 
same issue. On and off, juice balls, no, they're not. Juice balls, no, they're not. And they admitted it. Yep, guess what? We juiced the balls, and they've moved past it. And their attendance is fine, and their players are fine, and they got through it because they admitted it and they did the right thing. Not saying that we should admit it or shouldn't admit it, but food for thought, it's a real thing. Do you know if by any chance they altered the records, though? I don't know if they did. That would, be the, that would be the one thing I'd be curious. If this does ever come out, which I believe they're juice, you believe they're juice, MLB, very staunch on this subject, saying, no, they're not juice. And there are people that believe them. That's why it's a conspiracy theory, because there's people like us that are like, no, it's juiced. But I'd be curious to know. I'm if amazed. they ever came out saying they did, would that have to you would you have to change the record book to say the juice ball era compared to the non quote unquote juice ball era? So you're thinking an asterisk? Something, but like would they is the question. I don't know if they would. I don't think they should because it still takes a lot for a guy to be able to hit a ball out of a ballpark. Hence why I don't think Barry Bond should have an asterisk because guys that took steroids, yeah, they took a different animal. Do you know how many guys took steroids that didn't do one-tenth of what any of those guys like Maguire or Bonds did? You also have to have the skills to be able to actually hit the ball, hit the ball properly, not strike out, be stay healthy, all these other things that play a factor. So I've always kind of defended the drug steroid guys, but at the same time, I understand why you don't want to put them in the Hall of Fame, but don't put an asterisk next to the record because it still takes a lot of skill to be able to do what they did. It does, and they are athletes, and altering a record book, I don't know. I don't know. Do you do that in Japan? I don't know. We'll have to look that up. All right, final closing thought. You said you you had two, so that was Japan was one. What was the other one? Just my overall theory on the conspiracy of, of the juice balls. Do you want Is some it, music to go with this? Well, it's really just it's just a quick statement that I just don't think, think this ends well because the people that get hurt the most are the people that gave their life to their career and their heart and soul and they're in the Hall of Fame and they did great things as athletes and now we're going to ramp it up a notch by changing the equipment. And cha- you know, it's It's like... Not like changing a rule. It's like a deflated football versus a non-deflated football. Yeah. If everybody did it, you still have to make note of it. You yep. can't you can't give somebody an advantage and record things the same way. It's just it's just not fair. But it is hard to do with sports in general nowadays with the advancements in technology, how people train. Certain records are bound to be broken. Everybody knows that. There's some, though, that you truly have to have the proper skill to break, such as 400 batting average, things like that. You need to be able to actually hit consistently all these different things, strikeout records for pitching and hitting. You need to be able to – there's certain records that will still, for baseball and every other sport, stand for long periods of time despite all the advances they've made in technology and training and all that. But juice baseballs won't help certain ones. So J.D. Martinez says he changed his stance. He defends the ball as being the same. And I think there's probably equal people on equal sides of the issue. Um, it may never be solved unless some guy that's running that cork machine <laughs> and, and changes the weight to past point five one three seven, and we get that ball to go further. So yeah. we may never know, but I just 
I just hope if that it does come out, um, it hats off to the folks that are in the Hall of Fame and having their records just a little bit tinged because people are going to do better than they did because they had a better advantage. Just saying. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed the topic this week. I'm not going to lie, Paul. Well, I, you know, I, you know, you know me. I love my conspiracies, and you I do. can't believe we're on the same side of one. <laughs> I well, this one I will definitely back up. I'm sure if you come out with a few in the future, I might not, because there are plenty out there in the sports, and maybe I'll even allow you to go off once in a while to a non-sports-related one, as long as it's not the moon one, because well, we don't have enough time in the day. No, we don't. <laughs> do you want me to play out with the conspiracy music? Oh, that would be great. I love conspiracy music. All right. Any final thought that you have or want to say, you can say in the next few seconds. Not just uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, enjoyed the topic and go baseball. See you next season. <laughs> go baseball. See you next season. <laughs> yeah, see you next season. Well, thank you, Paul. As always, this has been Paul's Pylon. See you next week, Paul. See you next week. Paul's Pylon. Gotta love a good conspiracy theory. Gotta love Paul's Pylon. Now we're moving on to some NFL. Now let's just get right through this. I'm not going to lie. My must watch. Browns Patriots last week. I'm not going to lie. Would have been a must-watch. I mean, it was still a must-watch from just a sheer train wreck of a disaster for the Browns. But the Browns, honestly, at the beginning, if they didn't fumble 17,000 times and literally throw the ball at defenders who are already behind the line of scrimmage, they may have actually had a chance. I mean, they may have had a chance. They didn't, but they may have. I mean, Nick Chubb looked pretty good against that Patriots, uh, not offense, Patriots defense. But, well, my must-watch failed again. I will say, though, my lock-it-in worked. Rams, if you lock that in, congrats, you won some money. My upset pick, what can I say? I really thought the Panthers were at least going to challenge the 49ers. The 49ers defense, Nick Bosa, I mean, just legit as it gets. Did you see what he did in the backfield? Literally just picking Kyle Allen off and taking it in for a touchdown. The guy is good. The team is good. They got everything. They got Emmanuel Sanders now. They got another wide receiver option weapon. They have a running game. Jimmy G is going to hold that steady quarterback position. Whoever thought they were going to go 3-13 and this year, because I know there were some NFL people who did. You look like idiots. Let's just say it right now. You look dumb. I look dumb thinking the Panthers had a chance with Kyle Allen. They didn't. It didn't look good for me. But that's the piece besides the point. So those were my picks. As I said, lock it in. At least I made you some money. Let's look at this week, though. So before I get into my picks real quick, J.J. Watt, done for the year. Again, another year of J.J. Watt wasted. Now I feel bad. J.J. Watt is a great guy. He's, you know, he gives to charity. He does all these different things. He's very nice in that aspect. He works. He grinds. He does everything he can to be in the best shape he can be, physical performance-wise, to be his best on the field. It doesn't make a difference. He gets hurt every year. For a few games, for every game, 
guy can't catch a break. Feel bad. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. He's one of the all-time greats. It's just, it sucks the fact that you just can't watch a guy who you know is so talented, who has so much ability, be able to go out on the field week in, week out, and perform and stay healthy enough to keep performing. So that kind of sucks in that aspect. But you can't, I mean, what are you going to do? Football is a violent sport. So as that, Drew Brees came back because he was getting nervous that Teddy Bridgewater was going to steal his position. I would be too. Teddy's looked fantastic. And he came back and he showed, I am the alpha for the Saints. And threw for, you know, just a few hundred yards and a few touchdowns. Granted against the Cardinals. But hey, I mean, still, it's an NFL team. Their defense actually isn't terrible. And Drew Brees made him look terrible. Besides that, trade deadline, kind of a dud. No huge trades. I mean, all the big trades already happened with Jalen Ramsey. Aqib Tlaib, he got traded to the Dolphins. I mean, poor guy. I mean, I don't feel too terrible for him, but nobody wants to get traded to the Dolphins. Everybody's talking about the Dolphins' weird plays on Monday Night Football. They're tanking for 2-0. We all know it. Why do we care? Let's not make it a thing. They ran an Engage 8, which has only ever been seen in Madden. Didn't even know it was actual NFL play, but apparently it was. And it didn't work. Flores gave it a shot. It failed. Oh, well. They'll lose to the Bengals somehow. I don't know how. Because the Bengals are clearly trying to tank, too. I mean, they benched Dalton, who is bad. Who knows how their rookie is. But Dalton wasn't great. And they said, you're benched. So maybe they're not tanking. I mean, they should. And they should also have traded A.J. Green. Seriously, though. Cincinnati, what are you doing? Anybody? Can anybody in Cincinnati tell me what they're doing? I'd just like to know. Just let a guy know. So with all that said and done, that's, I mean, honestly, that's the big news. We're not going to talk about Baker Mayfield's comments with the reporter. He got mad at a reporter. He's still young. He's still learning. Should he have said certain things? No. Did he? Yeah. Should he have said, you've never played the game? Definitely not. Athletes can think that. Should not say that. But, hey, again, it's his second year. He's very outspoken. He is very in-your-face personality. He's going to make these mistakes all the time. This one, not that big compared to probably what he will say at some point in his career. Unless, I mean, if they start winning, then you never have to worry. But the fact that you're losing, these questions are going to keep popping up. So either get frustrated or just man up and answer them and just deal with it. But on to this week's must-watch, upset-watch, and lock-it-in picks of the weeks. I'm feeling good about these week's picks. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little cocky about them. I can be. Why? Because, well, why not? If you're not cocky about your picks, why even make them? Why even make your picks if you're not going to feel cocky? So, first on the docket, my must-watch game of the week features two very good teams. Despite one not having their starting quarterback, we're not sure if he's going to be there or not. We'll see. Game time decision probably. Vikings and Chiefs. The 6-2 and two Vikings go to Arrowhead to visit the Chiefs. Whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Matt Moore, I do think the Chiefs walk away with this one because Matt Moore looked pretty good against Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings have looked really good this year. 
They started off not so hot. We all know it. Cousins got caught out after the initial apology. It's been fantastic. He can't, I mean, honestly, he's been so good that you might have to consider him as an MVP if he keeps it up. I know. It shocked me just as much coming out of my mouth as it did going into your ears. But we're going to get through this. It's okay. But yes, Chiefs, no matter who the quarterback is, still think it's going to be a competitive game. But I think they, you know, Matt Moore has another week either in the offense, feels more comfortable, or Mahomes is back and he's going to do Mahomes things. I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer, if you didn't know. So that's my must-watch. My upset watch of the week is the Giants and Danny Dimes over the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. That is right. I am going with a Monday Night Football upset watch. Why? Well, one, don't like the Cowboys. Don't like the Giants. But if I got to pick the lesser of two evils, I'm going to go with the team that has no shot at the division and against the team that's leading the division. Why do I think they have a chance? Well, I'm glad you asked. One, Saquon's back. He's healthy. Golden Tate's getting more comfortable in the offense. Danny Dimes has more weapons now. He looked pretty good against Detroit. Leonard Williams comes across from the Jets' locker room and provides some defensive line help. I mean, he hasn't been fantastic this year, but he's going to help that line out. Plus, then, he gives them a little hint of, hey, this is what worked for us against them a few weeks ago when they came to MetLife. Because guess what? That's the second trip to MetLife the Cowboys have to make. Why not go 0-2? Why not let them go 0-2 there? They're coming off a bye week. They're feeling good. They beat the Eagles going into a bye week. They're feeling cocky. I've used that word a lot this time. But hey, it's fine. But they're feeling they're feeling themselves. Zeke's feet getting fed. Dak's getting his contract numbers going up higher and higher. That defense is hot. So they're gonna feel good. And I think they lay an egg. Not like I don't think they're actually gonna get shut out. I don't think that at all. But I do think the Giants somehow, some way, upset them. And then last but not least, my lock it in. If I could, like this might be my guarantee lock of the year. Because right now with where the line is, it's hilarious that they think this is a good money line. Not a money line, a spread line. The Green Bay Packers. That is right, the 7-1 and one Green Bay Packers are going to go to San Diego against the 3-5 and five Chargers. Not the 5-3 and three Chargers, not the last year Chargers, not the pretty good Chargers. The 3-5 and five Chargers who play in a stadium that will be more than likely packed with more Green Bay fans than, I said it again before San Diego, LA fans. Because guess what? Even LA fans don't really care about the Chargers like San Diego fans do. There probably actually will be more people from San Diego in that stadium than LA. It's just facts. But right now, as I look at it, the point spread is 3.5 in favor of Green Bay. If you don't think Green Bay is winning that game by more than 10 points, you're crazy. They're playing so well right now. Aaron Rodgers is playing like an MVP. It's just, I mean, put the money down. I don't think you have to worry. I don't. Even, you don't even have to check the game. Just wait until it gets deposited back into your account with all that extra cash. That's how I feel about it. 
So that is definitely my lock it in for the week of Green Bay with the spread over the Chargers. It, it shouldn't get easier than that. That's my NFL talk, though. So again, real quick to go over all of it. My upset watch is the Giants over the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. My must-watch, Vikings, Chiefs, going into Arrowhead. Matt Moore, Mahomes, doesn't matter. Gonna win. That's just how I mean, that's just how I feel about it. I think the Vikings are due for a loss. Kirk Cousins won't look so hot this game. And it's fine, though, because they'll still be 6-3. and three. And then my lock-it-in of all lock-it-ins, Packers over Chargers by more than 3.5 as it sits right now. So those are it. Those are my picks. Before we move on to some NBA basketball talk, we'll take a quick break to hear from Seat Giant. It's the place you're going to go to get all your sporting event, concert, any type of tickets. Don't believe me? Just check out the ad. Where should you go to get all your sports, concert, and any other type of ticket need? Seat Giant. That's right. You heard me. Seat Giant. That's where you're going to go to get all your sporting events and concert tickets because guess what? When you go there, you know you're getting the best deals. And when you use 12-ounce sports promo code, you get an even better deal. Again, use 12-ounce sports for the promo code and, you know, be on your way to having a fun family day. All right, so we've done World Series. We've done Conspiracy Theories with Paul. We've done NFL and my picks. Let's get into some NBA action, all right? And by action, I mean, we're not going to really talk about what's going on the court right now. A few things that are happening there, but not a lot because it's still early in the season. You don't know what teams are going to be the best ones. You don't know who's going to really actually dominate. You have the Sixers, who, you know, are off to a hot start. You have Kawhi Leonard already on load management with the Clippers. By the way, all that means is they want to rest him and they need to give an excuse. But think about that. He's already, we are four games in. The Clippers have played four games. He's already on load management. You could say, hey, well, he went to the finals last year. He needs to rest up for this year. Come on. Doc Rivers even came out saying he has never felt better. Never felt better. And now you're saying he's going to have load management because of his knee? Come on. I'll at least be like he has the sniffles. Honestly, though, he probably just wanted to make sure he was fully rested up to face off against Pop and the Spurs last night. Because once you score on a team, don't you just kind of want to make sure you're healthy enough to do what you want to do to them? Which he does, because he's Kawhi Leonard. But so we're going to have guys taking load management. Chris Paul, I'm sure LeBron and AD will get their load management game soon. And speaking of LeBron, we got to address the elephant in the room, people. LeBron James has to play on multiple Taco Tuesdays. Now, I know what you're thinking. How are we as a society going to survive without King Taco on Tuesdays? Well, I'll tell you. First off, he'll get the whole crowd to chant Taco Tuesday. Don't believe me? Just take a quick listen to this. So on this Taco Tuesday, here's DeMarcus Cousins. Lakers are going to give their fans tacos. <laughs> and that's what they're that's what they're chanting. Look at LeBron. <laughs> that is right. He had the entire Staples Center chanting Taco Tuesday. 
on a night Anthony Davis scored 40 points and had 20 rebounds. It's phenomenal. But seriously, it's a, it's a topic we have to discuss, all right? This is a serious show, serious sports show. LeBron James has to play on Taco Tuesday 16 times. That's a lot of Taco Tuesdays that he's going to be missing out with his family. Granted, he can have it before the games, after the games, but come on, we all know when the games are being played, it's prime taco time. Can't have a pre-game taco. You don't want a post-game taco. Just doesn't hit the same. You want to do nothing all day taco. And LeBron has to skip 16 of them. I mean, he can he can try to have his tacos, but if he has an off night, you know why. And don't you dare try to go through Taco Bell drive-thru before a game or after LeBron. You're 35 you're about to be 35. You're not 35 yet. Your body cannot handle that. You are at peak performance. You go through like cryo stuff to make sure your body and muscles stay fine. I don't I don't even know how it works. You can't ingest Taco Bell. You'll die. Your body won't understand what this crap food is coming into your body. So think about that. We are going to miss 16 16 Taco Tuesdays. I mean, we'll have the fans chanting. We'll always have that. But man, forget load management. Missing out on Taco Tuesday. It's going to be a blow. I mean, I'm sure he will incorporate it every single time. Like he did yesterday, the other night, getting the fans to chant it. But it's just not going to be the same. You just know it's not. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to drop that bombshell on everybody to let you know. Essentially, a third of the year will be spent playing basketball instead of just devouring tacos for LeBron James, king of Taco Tuesday. Besides tacos, though, other things going on in the NBA that aren't related to the NBA. Fights. Joel Embiid. Carl Anthony Towns. Having a boxing match at the end of the court while the game is literally going on at the other end. And then, to top it all off, Ben Simmons put Carl Anthony Towns in an MMA-style chokehold. Don't know I mean. I get he was calming him down, but doesn't seem the way to get a seven-foot, already-upset man to calm down. He said he was just protecting his teammate. That's fine. I don't know how things roll in Australia. Apparently, though, if you got to protect your, protect your man, not your man, protect your teammate, you got to choke a guy out. Okay. Note to self, don't mess with Ben Simmons. Not the guy to mess with. Lesson learned. I mean, these guys have a history. They go back trash-talking all the time. But it got physical this time. Not really sure what set it off. Haven't seen anything that told me why it got set off. I mean, probably just honestly more trash talking. It's probably why. So we'll see if there's any any suspensions. I assume there will be. The funniest thing, though, had to be uh, Joel Embiid shadow boxing on his way out into the locker room with the crowd chanting MVP. I mean, Philly loves the guy. You can't blame him. He said he was going to try to, you know, tone it down this year. We got four games in. Not even not even a full four games. But hey, Joel, you did better than last year. So got to give you props for that. At least you're, you're improving. Next year, we'll try to go six games. The year after that, maybe eight games. You know, just two games at a time. And then maybe you'll get into 20 games into the season before, before anything goes terrible. At least we can work for that. 
besides, you know, the fun news in the NBA, other things going on. Trey Young got hurt the other night in Miami. He's going to be out for a week after a good start for the Hawks and himself. So that stinks. But overall, I mean, it's the NBA. It's early season. It's guys working out the kinks. I will say, I don't think right now, the way the Warriors look, that they're going to be anything but the number one pick in the NBA draft. That is right. The Warriors are going to go from the top of the top, cream of the crop, to the bottom of the bottom. They're going to be going top picks in the draft. And you're like, but wait, don't the Warriors still have a few All-Stars and a Defensive Player of the Year? Well, listener, you're correct. But without Kevin Durant, apparently they don't know how to function. They started off 1-3. and three. Now, granted, they don't have Klay Thompson, one of their best shooters and defenders. Draymond Green, well, I guess the NBA's figured him out. He went from 6'6 to 6'4, whatever it is, and he doesn't know how to shoot, pass, or anything anymore. And then D'Angelo Russell is the guy that scores the first 10 points in Chase Center for you. The first 10 points after you give up 13-0 run. Not a good look. And then, obviously, Wednesday night was the big blow. The reason why they're going to be a top team in the draft. Steph Curry broke his hand. You hate to see it. The chef can't cook with a broken hand. I mean, it's just a fact. Show me a chef that can cook with a broken hand. I'll show you a master chef. I'll show you a Gordon Ramsay-esque type player. Or chef, I guess, in this, in this analogy. But he broke his hand. What's that mean? There's no timetable for his return. Things aren't looking great. Things were already looking dim for the Warriors. They have a coach in his first year. Now, if you're scratching your head, you're like, wait, Steve Kerr is still the coach. Yeah. Honestly, though, has he really had to coach the past few years? No. No, he hasn't. He has not had to coach basically at all. All he had to do was, if things look tough, throw out Steph, Katie, Clay, Draymond, and Pachulia to take care of uh, whoever was the top scorer. Not that hard. I could have coached the Warriors. Clearly, Luke Walton coached the Warriors to a good record. But yeah, Steph goes out with a broken hand. Clearly a big blow. I mean, you hate to see a team like the Warriors who were there competing in the finals the past few years go from that to literally rock bottom with a snap of a finger because of an injury and things like that. But that's what they're dealing with. Good luck, Steve Kerr. This might be your only year coaching. Your first year and your only year. That's it for the NBA. That's all I got for you. Now we're going to go over to some college football. Okay, so college football, we know Notre Dame lost to Michigan. It was a blowout. It was terrible. Awful look for them. They're not making the playoffs. They'll be lucky if they get a decent big bowl game. Oklahoma, well, they're hanging on by a thread now for their chances. And with those losses, it looks slightly more likely that two SEC teams will make the playoffs because, well... This country has an SEC bias. It's just what it is. College football has an SEC bias, and it's just never going away. And we can't do anything about it. So let's move on and forget about college football for just a little bit because, well, it's finally happening, people. The NCAA has changed their minds. Apparently, they've changed their minds. And are embracing the pay athletes to play idea. The organization's top governing boards voted unanimously to allow college athletes to be compensated, though the NCAA's three divisions must still craft their own rules and details for specifics and all that. 
Student athletes also will be treated similarly to non-athlete students. There has to be a clear distinction between college and professional opportunities. This all comes after, in September, California passed the law that would allow college athletes to get paid for endorsement deals and hire sports agents. So the question is, what will this change? Well, right now, not much. It has no effect right now. If you listen to some talking NCAA people, Jay Billis basically doesn't expect anything to happen, at least for the next few years. And you might be right. The one thing we can all hope for is he's wrong. I mean, obviously, college athletes should get paid. They should be allowed to get endorsement deals. They should be allowed to use their likeness and everything like that for their own benefit. Because if somebody's willing to pay you money so they can use you in a commercial or something of that nature, you should be allowed to take it without being worried that, hey, I may not be allowed to play in next week's game or the rest of the season. Fair point. Especially because when you look at people, the argument's always been college athletes get free rides, they get scholarships, they get this and that. They do. A lot of them at Division One football and basketball maybe. Not all sports get scholarships like that. And then you also have people who are like, people that are academic scholarships don't get the same thing. Well, guess what? Those people are allowed to go out and do tutoring and get other jobs and do other things where they can use their skills to get money. College athletes can't do that. Now they'll be able to. Obviously, though, we're all missing the big picture here. Is the fact that NCAA football might make a comeback. And we will hear those glorious words of EA Sports. It's in the game. Again, EA Sports, don't forget, I am available for hire. Just want to throw that quickly in there. That's right. Video game is the main thing we all care about with this whole thing happening. And by most of us, basically everybody who doesn't know a college athlete, doesn't have any other care about college sports outside of watching them and enjoying them, is like, you know what? I might get that long, fabled game back in my life. And it's true. I mean, NCAA college football was amazing. They even had a voice drop to say how amazing it was. That's how good it was. It was a great game. It was completely different from Madden. You could do option runs. You had your mascot games. I thought the season mode was way cooler. Because, you know, every game mattered. You got ranked and all that. It's cool. Now you can do that. And maybe actually have the players look like the guys on your college football team that you like. Like Trevor Lawrence. Tua won't be there, but that's fine. But you can have Fighting Irish versus Syracuse Orange mascot games again. It'll be fantastic. It'll be great. But overall, college athletes getting paid, being allowed to get endorsement deals, make deals, get money outside of just doing it illegally, I guess, is fantastic. Because one other thing nobody ever thought about was Olympians who had to choose between getting endorsement deals or going to college. Well, guess what? Now they can do both. So this works out for everybody. NCAA, you're a little less hated. Good for you. That's going to wrap up the show, though. That's all I got for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you do. And listen to all the other great shows on 12 Ounce Sports if you're listening to me there. Enjoy your weekend, though. Have a good one. Once again, my name is Greg. This has been my stance on sports. Have a good one. The Sports Sports Dance.